Hello, and welcome to Socially Savvy, broadcasting live from Gunnar Nordstrom Gallery in the heart of downtown Bellevue. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, LB Duchess, and joining me today is Dual Fisher of Scene and Team Photogenic. Hello. Mic on. Mic on. It is on. It is on? It is on. Oh, well, I'm just going to have to turn things up a smidge. Turn me up. I say, turn it up. (laughs) We're obnoxious. I love that. And um, we also have guests, Tara Fuller and Craig from Local Craft Tours. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. And spirit maker, Mr. Skip from Letterpress. Hi there. Mr. Skip. I call him Mr. Yeah. Mr. Skip. I like to mix it up a little bit, you know. You don't want a full name, but sometimes it's more fun just to kind of mix it up. Yeah, I'm just being a spaz. <laughs> Feel free to join the conversation today by calling in at 323-843-6090 to join the conversation if you have comments, questions. Um, we're happy to take those for you. And we are also live Thank right you. now, seen and heard live with Socially Hi. Savvy, streaming live on the teamphotogenic.com website. So if you want to watch us. You can watch us and, and we laugh. We're a very good-looking group of people here today. Not only are Just we going to say, and then Gunnar Nordstrom Gallery, great place. Oh, Gunnar's Gallery! I have to say, this is one of my favorite places to do the show because mm-hmm. he makes it very welcoming. We're very comfortable. The, the seating arrangement is fantastic, um, and you always have a changing background. So there's always different art to experience. It gives a different feel, and he's kind of the epicenter of of social culture here. And he's right in the heart of downtown Bellevue. He totally, I love it. it right here across from Joey's and um, by the Hyatt. Love it. Love it, love it. Today's show is brought to you by Local Craft Tours, and we are going to be chatting image, going over socially acceptable, unacceptable, socially savvy hints, and is that savvy or unsavvy? Ooh, I know. I like. I like that. The, the unsavvy <laughs> one is really. I have to say, it's probably one of my favorites. It just that makes it really, really wrong. I understand uh-huh. that, but you uh-huh. know. Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> I've never been one to be uh, politically correct. Is that the term? Yeah. No. Politically correct, and I do not get along. Caloric Corvée wine glasses. If you love wine but are also counting calories or following a special dietary regimen, you'll appreciate caloric caloric Corvée. Calorie counting wine glasses. They are made and hand etched in the United States and are lead free and dishwasher safe. So go ahead, indulge by the ounce. These wine glasses help measure consumption in two ounce increments, which makes it easy to calculate caloric intake with every sip. It's also a handy companion for Weight Watchers, smartphones, and iPad applications. Go to www.caloriccurvey.com for more information. And don't forget to enter the code socially, or SAVVY15 for a 15% off. Awesome. 15% off. I know. I love it when we can get extra little bits. I mean, you know, it takes care of the tax and part of the shipping. Yes. Love that. Okay, and with that, let's start our first toast. It's typically a wine, but today, Skip is going to be introducing us to Lemoncello. Mr. Skip. Tell us a little bit about this fantastic, uh, and, and this is a spirit, so this we get to have it in the shot glass. <laughs> the little bitty nice. shot glass. Here, let's give our other guests, yes. Tara and Craig, over Pass there. Pass around. Uh, got it? Got it? Sitting here watching so my little So limoncello. Uh, limoncello is a traditional Italian liqueur uh, that you know, a lot of people have heard about. They go to Italy, and uh, often if they're you know on the Amalfi Coast, somewhere near Sorrento, they will uh, they'll try this and think this is the most wonderful thing ever. One of the things I found is that they then come back to the U.S., and uh, they go to buy limoncello and they can't find one that matches up to what they had when they were in Italy. So I set out to make one that could make that match. Um, 
some of the things that differentiate our limoncello, we make it all from scratch in our facility in uh, Soto in Seattle. Um, we um, use no artificial color, which is something that is highly unusual in commercial limoncello, so we're really proud of that, that we can get a natural, beautiful yellow color uh, without adding anything to it. Um, <clears throat> another thing that we do a little bit differently is we are uh, making it with uh, honey as the sweetener as opposed to simple syrup. Uh, the honey, I think, uh, provides uh, an extra, comple extra complexity, a little bit more depth of flavor, a nice round finish, uh, and it's actually the way that limoncello was often made originally in the countryside in Italy. Uh, they didn't have lots of refined sugar laying around, but what they did have was lots of honey to sweeten things. Uh, nobody does that anymore, uh, but I wanted to bring that back. I, I, what I have to, I loved, which we're going to be able to talk about a little bit later, uh, when I came in and checked out your tasting room. I loved the whole um, chemistry. It was so fun watching what you do. And it's so much more. So many uh, spirit companies now, they'll add flavoring. Right. You know, and so it, it keeps it very single-dimensional. There's no um, complexity to it. And this is like walking into a movie. I mean, it's very <laughs> three-dimensional. For a, a liqueur or a, a spirit, it is so easy to sip on this. And, and for me, I'm typically one of those, okay, I'm going to take my shot, and we're going to put it down, and we do that, you know, the funny yeah, face. You're halfway down with yours already there. But LB. that's what I'm saying, is I'm sipping it, and it's it's easy to sip. We haven't done the toast yet. I didn't know we were going to do a toast. Mr. Skip. Cheers. Let us say chin chin. Chin chin. So is this a family recipe then? Uh, no, I would love to say to tell people that it is. What it is is that it is Isn't something it? that... I've been drinking limoncello. Uh, my mother's from Rome. Uh, I grew up with a grandfather who owned a liquor store in Rome. I've been drinking this stuff since I was very small because, of course, there's no drinking age in Italy. Smart and, people. Uh, <laughs> one of the ways they would get us to take our siesta in the afternoon was a little bit of limoncello. Oh, I love um, that. But, That's fantastic. So, I certainly started with the, the stuff that, very similar to what my great aunt, who was the limoncello maker in the family. And then I'm a tinkerer, and I wanted to make it even better, and so I began playing with uh, different types of sweeteners. That's when I went and found the honey and, and kind of looked into the history of, of sweetening with honey uh, and uh, just kept going from there, and then it was all about finding balance. Um, the best, my, my favorite adjective when someone tells me that they like it is that they find it balanced. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of the complaints about limoncello is that it's either too sweet mm -hmm. or it's too hot. Or often that it kind of has a chemical-type taste, and that's, that can be the, the less well-made ones. Um, so I really wanted to balance the sweetness and the heat, uh, and so uh, that's what we hope to try to achieve. Well, it's fantastic, and I Thank look you. forward to interviewing you here a little bit later in the show. Thank you. Yeah, I, get, I get the honey. I, I do, too. Definitely, definitely honey. I think it comes on the, the finish Yeah, There is no burn. That, that's the one thing. That's what I was saying. It's very easy to sip because there is no burn to it. So I could totally see giving this to a five-year-old. Take your nap. <laughs> okay, so, and with that, um, Kind Bars, Kind Healthy Snacks, a brand of all-natural foods made from ingredients you can see and pronounce. Find them at your local grocery store or at www.kindsnacks.com. You're laughing at me. 
I'm laughing because we go from drinking limoncello to a kind bar, a healthy snack food. And I think it's, it would be the perfect matchup. I mean, there, it's not like you've got tons of chemicals. He's very proud. He uses honey in that. I should have had more for lunch for you to sit here and drink all night. <laughs> well, I know. That's he, all I'm saying. He brought, uh, he brought some extra there, so we're going to be chatting with him oh, a little bit later did, about that. Did, did we give Gunner and Cynthia and Josh a, a, a shot of the limoncello? Oh, we I'm sure we will. We I'm can. sure we can. They're over there that. standing in line waiting for looking it. At the, looking for the limoncello. <laughs> Ours. Yeah, that's Come the fun about coming here. to a live broadcast is you do typically get to try everything that we're trying uh, for our wine sponsors. Uh, sometimes if it's a, a wine tasting room, they will offer a special deal for our listeners to be able to enjoy. Other times you get included as part of the host staff and you get spoiled. You just never know what's going to happen. So got to love it. Yep. Take one down and pass it around. We could do that ninety-nine more times, couldn't we? Nine nine bottles of beer. I don't even drink beer. I don't know why I know that song. It's just wrong. Well, because you know. Because everybody knows that song. <laughs> They're over there shaking their heads. They, I know it's uh, really good. Yep. Yep, I would totally agree. Okay, we're gonna. We were chatting before the show started about savvy or unsavvy. This is quickly becoming one of my favorite segments of the show because socially there's so much going on, and there's. There's always something in the headlines or in the news where you're going, you know, I don't know, was that savvy or was that just like whole total faux pas? They they totally botched it. So well, there's a lot of that going around. It's it's like it's a common practice. It's kind of disturbing, but it gives us something to talk about, which we're always <laughs> looking for something new and fun to talk about. So today's savvy or unsavvy is we're going to chat on the Miss Utah and the flubbed speech, <laughs> as it was explained to me. <laughs> Is it acceptable or unacceptable? Should she have been better prepared? Is that the question we need to ask? Um, I, I like what you brought up. She should have been listening better. And I think that's indicative well, of the in generation. Nutshell, the, 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 the question was, you know, women are the majority breadwinners in most households these days. Forty percent. But yet they're still getting paid less than men. Uh-huh. And she brought in education to that, and then she realized that she was screwing Spinning it up, out of and, and she stopped, and then she tried to bring it back around to the men's problem, and then she tried to realize that that wasn't going well, so she just kind of, she's real pretty, though. <laughs> I'm sure she'll marry very well. <laughs> and divorce even better. See, okay, now that just makes me sad. I, it, I, I think it brings a good point. You know, you're, you, you, typically you enter these pageants and, and this type of thing because, number one, you want to make a difference. You either, you're, and it's, it goes perfectly with this whole thing of image. I mean, honestly, her image is trashed. She's going to have, as far as being taken no, seriously no, and being able to think. But she's getting more headlines now than the winner, Miss Connecticut. Well, of course she is. You know, the Kardashians have been the perfect example of no press is bad press. Right. So, but when you're talking about image, image is something that helps people decide whether they're going to take you seriously or not. And, and you well, when, let's go back to the early 80s and Vanessa Williams winning Miss America. Yeah. And then those pictures came out in Penthouse. And, yeah. That was socially she, unacceptable. She, I'm sorry. But she's been the most successful Miss America in history. Well, and, and think about it. She what she did with that is she made a, she didn't do it. She did it as a conscious business decision, just like Madonna. 
Madonna's whole thing were conscious business decisions. She tantalized and she pushed the edge because that was her thing. And and if you're if that's the image you want to go for, and if you can make it work with what you well, want to do, that's fantastic. I, I don't know that Vanessa actually chose the business of publishing those photos. I think that was um, someone else's decision, but yeah, but she, she made the to, decision she, to make to take the pictures. Well, before she entered the contest. But anyway, That's true. she's had a much better career than anybody else. I mean, other than Lee Merriweather, who was <laughs> that wow. woman on the early TV series. Yeah? That woman. Right. That woman. I have to say, I, that I, girl. I love that the woman. way that you... Have useless knowledge in my head? No, it's not useless at all. It's just how you round out sentences. <laughs> That woman sounds like something. A nope, kickback. I from said that. B A T. Oh, I said. You, I thought you said that. See, that's what makes it really funny on the show because people call in and start saying things. I don't quite understand them, which was exactly what the prank call was the other day. That was hilarious. And prank that's socially unacceptable. Prank caller, if you are listening, that was completely socially unacceptable, and I still won. So there you go. <laughs> so, what do you think, Mr. Skip of uh, Miss Utah? What do I think about Miss Utah? Uh, well, it reminded me a lot, as, as I think a lot of people brought up, of uh, was it Miss South Carolina a couple of years ago with the Iraq and the, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think it's it uh, certainly uh, certainly not savvy if we're discussing savvy or not, um, but also I think it's. Um, it, it's indicative of the fact that these things, which are clearly beauty contests. Somehow they're finding a way to wedge in something that isn't related to what we know, all know that the uh, event is really about, and that's going to naturally lead to embarrassing moments like this. Right, right. Yeah, you're setting yourself. Sarah, you're setting yourself. Off. What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, it was unfortunate that this, you know, woman may be a leader to young girls in America, and you know, I think that. This is a question she should have been prepared for. But on the other hand, you know, everybody blanks. Everybody has that moment. I'm so. sure the nerves, her nerves got the best of her. Oh, yeah. Craig, I've, what's your opinion? Craig's looking at it. <laughs> I, I was in two pageants, so I have to say being in two pageants, because you may be have knowledge of the questions that could be asked, right. but having the ability to know how to answer those questions in that moment can be... You do. You have to really slow down, take that breath. And I, I remember when I did it, I asked, can you please repeat the question? Right. People understand that you are can be overwhelmed and that it's it's staggering up there. Um, I think maybe if she had asked for a redefinition or given her, bought herself some time, it might have been a little bit smoother. Well, I've been a judge in pageants. You've been a judge in a lot of things. And, and <laughs> And we actually, there's a lot of questions asked them. They're prepared. They know the topics that are going to be asked yeah. ahead of time. Oh, yeah. So, it's, but this is the Trump, Donald Trump's pageant. It's oh. not, it's not. So it was destined America, for. Which is a scholarship pageant. Oh, you better have your education and, on for that. And this is a beauty contest. So they have always heard these questions prior to. Well, they have knowledge of, of what questions. They could, could be asked. I mean, I don't know. I've never judged at a Trump pageant, but I know that in other pageants, scholarship pageants, they they yep. prepare the girls a little bit better than 
she was. Well, for instance, when I was asked, the question that I was asked, we were given a, a list of questions. These are the questions that could be asked to you. They asked me one word to, to what, what is one word that you would use to describe yourself? Okay, that was like the last question I thought I would get because I thought it would have been the easiest. It wasn't the easiest. And the only thing that I could think of was obnoxious. And I said obnoxious. And every the whole audience was dead silent. I looked up. I said, but in a good way. And everybody just literally started laughing and came unglued. And, and you know, I was able to make it funny. And I explained why. I thought, you know, why obnoxious in, in a funny way? Because I have a tendency to be, you know, vivacious and, and gregarious and out there and, and very talkative. Um, but we did. We knew what the questions were. So once I, I said the word, my brain was able to spin and go through, okay, this is what they're looking for. But that isn't, isn't, that, isn't that part of the issue? The answer is about what they're looking for and not about the answer that you Unfortunately, want to I think a lot of it is they're looking for, because it's being judged, because we're, we are being judged in that type of scenario, they are. They're looking for very specific types of things because this person is supposed to represent in a certain way. Right. Um, and I think that's where you even have to be more educated is you need to know if you're going to enter into this pageant. And it's funny, we're going right back to image. Does, your, does where you want to go, does your image, does what you're aligning yourself fit with a pageant? Some, a lot, I can't even tell you how many girls go into pageants or men, women, whatever, go into pageants thinking, oh, this is just a way for me to get exposure. Oh no, there's a lot that goes that, that each pageant is about, and you need to have some knowledge into what you're getting yourself into. Because it's a full-time job. It is a very full-time job. Because if you are state responsibility. Yep. And then you. And then, then you every event. National pageants. Yep. And win that, then that's cool. Well, and then even as a as a uh, the let's say t say you take the crown. Now you've got a year commitment of showing up to numerous events, sometimes two, three a week. You talk about a store full, yeah. <laughs> we get to we get to open this place and that place and book signings, car dealerships. Car dealerships. Yay. Yay! So there is. There's a lot that goes well, into it. It's Tesla, or, you know, Maserati. I would totally do that. <laughs> totally do that. Okay. What about you, Mr. Craig? Craig? What did you think? I know I started talking and then you didn't get a word um, in edgewise. I really way. think that um, you have one time to shine uh, when you're on stage there, and sometimes, uh, like Tara said, is just taking a pause before you uh, have something to say is is truly essential. So, yeah, I think, I, think I sometimes personally actually have a problem with that. <laughs> really? Yeah, I like to say it the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> Blunt works best. <laughs> <laughs> I just like it right off the top of my head, that's all. Tip of my I do too, but I have a tendency to get me into a little bit of trouble. I've learned to slow down. At 43, I finally learned to slow down. <laughs> finally. Well, wait till you're 51. Oh boy, hold on for the ride. Okay, so join us today are Tara and Craig of Local Craft Tours. Craig's the savvy sidekick. <laughs> we have the we had the privilege of taking your tour here this last week and and um last week's show we actually ended the show with a little clip it of listening to the beginning of your tour that you your little spiel that you give when everybody gets on um and I'm gonna lay the groundwork from my perspective and then tell us about how you guys started and what you know what has perpetuated this forward. Um we pulled into Seattle and you're down there right just up from the waterfront, um by I can't you I'll let you tell us where, where you're at. But there's this cute little van. It's intimate. And when you get in, there's a drink waiting for you. 
Okay, right there, you had me a drink in the seat, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, nice. And they had little, so we'd go to these different stops, and we would come back, and there'd be a treat on the seat, or there would be another drink on the seat, and there was um, a recipe for one of the drinks that we had had. So it was was very interactive. It was fun. What was nice for me is to be able to go around to these little tasting rooms that I would never have found, for starters. Um, I would never take the time to drive around because I would be a nervous wreck driving around in Seattle. Uh, and you guys as hosts, it was so much fun. Just, you know, you you came in, you, you got it started, and then you stepped back, and you let people like Skip take over. So I, I absolutely loved it. I would recommend it for birthday parties. For better or worse. For better, yeah. <laughs> I would recommend it for birthday parties for when families um, or people are in from out of town just to get a different experience. It's just a different way to see the city, especially if you like different kinds of, of of spirits and, and flavors. It was a ton of fun. So tell us a little bit about how you guys got started. I know you're uber young, but what you guys are doing already is fantastic. Okay. Well, I don't know about Uber, um, <laughs> but uh, Craig and I have been bartending for, we met about nine years ago bartending Wow. Um, together. And um, over the last uh, seven years, I guess, seven years ago, we started a bartending company here in Seattle, and we provide craft bartenders for private and corporate events. And so um, through that company, um, you know, we kind of continued to learn about our passion and making craft cocktails, and um, over the last few or several years, um, many of the distilleries started popping up around Seattle, and it was really interesting to us, and we were excited to take these locally made spirits and make craft cocktails, and we met several of the distillers, and we had visited several of the distilleries, and we really found a niche and thought that a tour would be a fantastic idea, and uh, so we kind of went to the drawing board at the beginning of this year. Uh, we started the business early February and really spent time uh, visiting different distillers and learning about the process and products and um, kind of getting our business plan together. And uh, I guess we did our first tour in mid-April. And, uh, yeah, it's been fantastic. So we really take people from learning the history behind the spirits industry in Washington and how the prohibition shaped uh, where it came from and where it is now and how the laws have changed, um, allowing um, the industry to to be where it is now. And so uh, we try to do some really special things along the way to make um, the tour memorable for people. Uh, So we... Uh, like you said, do some craft cocktails on board. Craig is our onboard mixologist, and <laughs> fantastic, um, by the way. <laughs> like a big giant party bus with a bar. Uh, in we it. have it's an a intimate Mercedes party bus. Sprinter, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very. It was very fun. And you have one. Fun. You have a fleet. Do you right, have? right now we have one and okay. fleet to come. Awesome. <laughs> so, so and access, access to, to a, a fleet. fleet. I like that. Oh, that's good. And so, what time does the tour actually start? So we start the tour at 3.30, Wednesday through Sunday, and we leave from First and Union downtown. Okay. Uh, We can also do private pickups 
um, offices or homes for groups um, or corporate. We do a lot of corporate things, and we can pick up from their office and drop back off. I think that would be a popular way to do it. Oh, most then, definitely. <laughs> having them drive somewhere, and then they're – how long does the tour last? It's about two and a half hours. Oh, nice. Plus yeah, so so we cocktails on, the, on board, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We well, we we parked and then we went on the tour and then we went for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. We nice. did, we did. So tell our listeners exactly what does it mean to be a craft cocktail? What what does that mean? So a craft cocktail, um, although if you looked up in the dictionary, it's, it's not a real definition. Um, it basically is a cocktail that is made with fresh local ingredients. And it's always going to be a, a cocktail that highlights the base spirit rather than masking it. So you won't see a lot of heavy juices or heavy sugars. Um, you'll always have that base spirit highlighted. That was that was something I had no idea. I was like, okay, so what exactly? <laughs> so so it goes two and a half hours Wednesday through Sunday, and what is Saturday your popular day? Uh, Saturday and Sunday are definitely most popular right now for locals and tourists um we do a lot of corporate things on weekdays okay naturally so do you do more than one on saturday and sunday then more more than one tour or do you do we have the availability to do more than one uh so if our 330 fills up then we'll we'll add a 1230 oh okay because the distilleries are open how late uh, my distillery is open from noon to six on weekends, uh, and then also by appointment during the week. So we arrange with these guys to, for when they're going to be there. Oh, nice! That's awesome. And what's the cost? So the cost is seventy nine dollars per person. That's it. I know. I know. Wow. Introductory kind of price. Introductory. Introductory. <laughs> Introductory price. <laughs> All the add-ons are extra, right? <laughs> You can customize tours, too, then, right? Yeah, we call it the uh, private parlor room um, tour, kind of a little speakeasy uh, theme to it. So uh, what she was talking about earlier about coming to pick you up at your office, maybe doing you know, just a whiskey tour, just a vodka tour, or you want to go to four, you want to go to five, or you want to do East Side and Seattle, we're happy to do it, um, as long as you're paying, I guess. <laughs> nice. you know, what I loved, I have to say, about the mixed tour I would never. I, I'm. I've been trying to like whiskey. Whiskey and I are not friends. <laughs> my my taste buds just cannot seem to find its way around a whiskey that I can enjoy. But on your tour, the Jacob, I was able to actually enjoy that, which shocked the heck out of me. So I think if you're somebody who doesn't have a lot of knowledge in different kinds of spirits, or you feel like you've been, you've tried the basic ones and you've just really never liked something. I know a lot of women would love to have, to, to like a whiskey because they're, man drinks whiskey. I mean, my husband drinks whiskey, whiskey, bourbon, scotches, and I've yet to, to grab one. Um, so something like that I think was perfect for an introduction. Yeah, I mean, I think you probably truly uh, enjoyed it because it was a little bit of a younger whiskey. So that was uh, Fremont Mischief's younger whiskey of the two that they have. I love uh, that mischief. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, just to add off of that, I mean, I think uh, going back to just the whole idea of craft is, um, is why some of these products that you would have normally not tasted or liked um, that you like now because they're really putting these distillers like Skip himself uh, – are putting a lot of um, time and effort into what they're actually making um, these days, and I, it's really what showcases our tour. 
I they're really it. small batch, high quality spirits, and that's why they're so exciting to be able to use them in craft cocktails. Well, and that's why I think it's such a great thing for when you have guests and stuff coming in from out of town because there's just no way they're going to take, they're not going to go to any of these restaurants around here probably and taste any of these. You know, and, and if you want a special gift or you want something that's very unique, when we went, I, my son had just signed up for the National Guard and they had the mischief that had um, part of the proceeds of the buying the bottle goes to support families of fallen soldiers. And it's got a dog tag of one of the, follow, the fallen soldiers. So my son, who's not old enough to drink it yet, but we told him, you know, when you become of age, this is what it is. And he looked at me, and, and he's like, wow, this is really cool, Mom. And he went online, and he looked up who this person was that, you know, we had purchased to, to support the family. Um, it's those types of things that I think are so very unique. And I bought a bottle along the tour because it was the perfect gift. It was something very different, very um, fun. Awesome. Are you guys having fun doing it? Yeah, we are. I mean, uh, you know, a few hours a day and you're done and you make money. I mean, I think <laughs> And you've had a good time. Right. <laughs> well, then you got to run the business, too. Yeah, I mean, there's the marketing. Yeah, one of us does. <laughs> I keep, I See, hello, hence the sidekick. <laughs> I keep it fun, F-U-N-N, you know. Nice, yeah, I nice. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being oh. here today and being a part of everything. Oh, you have how more can, questions? Well, how can people find you? Oh, yes, most definitely. Give us your website, Facebook page, all that good stuff. So you can visit our website at localcrafttours.com. And you want to do social media? Yeah. Um, so our Twitter handle is obviously at localcrafttours, hashtag LCTours. Um, and then uh, we're on Instagram as well, and we are just starting Vine. We've got a little special series that we're going to be introducing that you'll oh, be, awesome. need to be looking forward oh, cool. to. Oh, so. cool. And Facebook? Do you have a Facebook page uh, for it yet? We are on Facebook, yes. Yeah. So um, we actually just tipped the uh, 100 marker. We're at about 122 now. So. Woo-hoo! Yay! Yay! <laughs> well, and over the so next... like us. <laughs> yes, please, like you. And over the next couple of weeks, uh, Socially Savvy is running a couple contests where we will be giving away a free tour on your tour bus. All you need to do as a listener, if you've listened to the show, is go to Socially Savvy and type in the message, uh, make a comment that says local craft tours, and you will be entered in for a drawing at the end of the month to win that free tour. And you will have fun. You will have a lot of fun. <laughs> they, you even send us with this cool little swag bag. And I say swag because there's actual product in it. It was fantastic. Don't tell him what was in there. And I'm not said, going to. And, no, and no, no, no. Mr. Skip's over here. And meet Mr. Skip. And meet Mr. Skip. Oh, yes. We're going to be interviewing Mr. Skip here shortly. Because <laughs> yours was a whole lot of fun. I absolutely loved it. Okay. So, socially savvy hints. Again, this is where we're gentle in our approach. We're, we're, for those people who can catch a hint, we're making a suggestion. So, socially savvy hints. My socially savvy hint in regards to image is when entering the social realm be cautious. It's harder to fix an image that it is, than it is to be undefined in the beginning. Um, I think a lot of people make the mistake that they go in powerhousing. They don't know who they are or what they want, and it becomes chaotic and a little bit overwhelming. And do it. What are you doing? I just like <laughs> you are their playing. page on Oh, Facebook. I love that. You need to do that, too. Oh, you don't think I hadn't already? Oh, I figured you had. Of course. <laughs> I found them on Yelp. I found them on Foursquare. I was tagging all over the place. It was a lot of fun. What about Duel? What about you? Do you have a socially savvy hint? On image? On image. Be yourself. Oh, I like that. Don't try and be somebody else. 
Well, it's kind of like remembering a lie. If it's a lie, it's harder to remember. If it's true, it's right there. Yeah, you just Tip keep going tongue. down the tunnel if it's a lie. You make a big old mess. Oh, I that's, like that. That's the best image you can have. I like that. What about you guys? Any? Mr. Skip. I think you stole mine. <laughs> oh. Well, great minds think alike. That's true. Brilliant. <laughs> Tara. I think Duel was right, too, but I think uh, to attach onto that, be authentic. Yes. I totally agree with that. Sarah. Ditto. <laughs> I like that. Ditto. Okay, well, since we're sitting here and uh, Skip has got the mic, let's have you pour a sample of this next sublimely clear Oof. vodka from Letterpress. The lemon has made me all hot. I know. It made me, it made me flush. Made, <laughs> I'm as red as Craig's shirt. What right do they now. say? Flush like a southern bell. <laughs> but it's really good. It is. It's delicious. Um, he's going to pour us uh, each a shot of his vodka. Um, and while he's doing that, I've got a couple pictures I'm going to have uh, our, cam- our fabulous cameraman zoom in on that I took when we were over at his tasting room. And... He, we're going to have you tell us about letterpress and, and what all that means, but in the very front, when you first walk in, the countertop is an actual letterpress. And I don't know, what do we need to angle that up more or back? Okay, we're good. Um, that's my husband standing there, and it was funny. He walks in, he goes, I just ripped one of these out of a building last year and threw it away, and everybody was like, oh. Seriously? Seriously. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah. So we're going to have Mr. Skip tell us all about Letterpress and about this fantastic piece here. Um, Well, I guess I'll just tell you the story a little bit of why we're named Letterpress Distilling. Um, I actually uh, used, uh, among other things, I studied art in college. And one of the things I did was I worked on a a press for a couple of years. uh, And I did a lot of printing. And I, I... one day I was digging through an old box of mementos and things and found the, uh, my college graduate, graduation announcement, which I'd hand-printed. Uh, and at the time, I was kind of struggling to find a name for this, this sort of uh, young distillery idea that I had. And uh, when I picked it up, when you pick up something that's hand-printed, uh, I think everybody's had this experience. You, you can watch people. They start to touch it. They start to touch the embossed letters. Uh, and there's sort of a quality, a tactile quality, and, and a sense that this is something that couldn't be mass-produced. And it, it just sort of hit me in that moment that that's what I wanted when people tasted my spirits. I wanted them to instantly uh, uh, experience uh, knowing that it was something that couldn't have been mass-produced. Uh, oh, I and love so that, that became the name. Uh, and it sucks you in, too. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> well, not just the beverage, but but the whole idea when you do have something that's been hand-printed or hand-embossed or whatever, right. you're right because you, you don't just, oh, okay, that's nice, and then you put it down. You actually do. You take that moment. You take that breath, and you're like, wow, and you, and you acknowledge the craftsmanship and the beauty of it, and you actually think for a moment about what it took to put into it. And that's where I think that I, I love the, the name, and I love how it ties into your spirit. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and I think that, that that may be a good segue into the vodka, which is now being uh, shown. Uh, shown because <clears throat> vodka is something that for the past, oh, you know, 60 to 100 years, sometime in the, you know, it's, it's been mostly mass-produced, uh, and it has been mostly uh, 
the style has been to make something that tastes like nothing, something that that was considered quality. If you could make your vodka taste like nothing, if it disappeared into your drink, then that was considered quality. With the uh, resurgence of craft distilleries, we all want to make something that still functions like a vodka, but that has, the, you know, we each have our own distinct character to it. And it's a very subtle character because it's still a vodka, but for instance, mine, uh, it's 100% it's Washington grown grains. Uh, we make it in our facility all the way from milling the grain through putting it in the bottle, um, and then uh, we distill it twice. And I always add on to that, well, why don't we distill it? I, you know, people say, well, I see that uh, this vodka says distilled seven times. Well, if you distill something seven times, you, ha you are going to make something that tastes like nothing. And I don't find that a particularly interesting exercise. So You don't want to strip it? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the, the, the challenge is to make something, for me the challenge was to make something that had some subtle grain characteristics. So if you were to taste this now, uh, first thing, if you were to smell it, you're going to get a, maybe a little vanilla on the nose and a little bit of sweetness. Uh, and then on, on when you sip it, you'll also have some of the sweet characters of the Washington-grown soft white winter wheat is what we, what we have in there coming through. Uh, and so that, that wheat is naturally a little bit sweet. Uh, and I want that to, to be highlighted. So this is a whiskey that – or sorry. Woo. This is a vodka that you can sip but that you can also put into a vodka cocktail, and it still functions like a vodka. Okay, I have to tell you, it, it has bite, <laughs> but what I love so much, it's like when I sipped it, it my face doesn't go, mm, you know how you make that funny face? It, it's warm, and it has that bite, but you can you can taste the flavors, and you can enjoy it. it I, I love what you're saying about the mass-produced, because it's one of the things I always wondered as I started drinking, you, you know, 22, 23, 24 why does somebody what? like this? You know, you're looking at, uh, I tried vodka and, and Uzo and, you know, I had gone through the run of the mill of all of them. And I remember looking at each other, why does anybody like this? And I think a lot of it is because I have I have a, a palate that I learned through wine tasting that picks up nuances. And yep. so my tongue was looking for nuances and all it was was getting a bunch of bite that, that yep. was undefined. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, and, and now with this movement of craft distilleries, you know, Washington, the state of Washington now has, uh, we believe, more licensed distilleries than any state in the country. Oh, um, wow. And that's just happened in the past three or four years. Um, this event we had uh, on Saturday, Proof, Proof yeah. uh, which was amazing, and we had, uh, you know, six or so, 600 plus attendees. Awesome. 40 plus distilleries, uh, almost entirely from Washington and a few from Oregon. So, um, you know, so much good stuff is coming out of there. At one point, somebody stopped, and we had a store there with all of our products lined up that you could buy, and just sitting there and looking at it, and someone said, you know, five years ago, none of this existed. That's amazing. So, yeah, it was pretty amazing to watch. And, you know, even with something like vodka, you know, you've got, you know, 30 vodkas maybe there, maybe 25 or 30 vodkas, but they've each got their own character, and everybody's doing a little bit of their own thing. Um, and then as, as the distilleries uh, have more time, as, you know, as we become five years old and six years old and seven years old, and you start getting more of the aged products, more of the aged brown liquors, uh, whiskeys, and, uh, and things like that, we're just going to uh, get to um, you know, really become one of, much like, much like Washington is for beer, and much like Washington is for wine, it's going to be uh, a, a state that is known for distilled spirits. I think I think we just like the social aspect of all the different beverages. Bev beverages, 
whether it be spirits or wine or beer, have become such a cultural bringer together of people. It's true. You know, the story I tell often, people ask me why I got into distilling, uh, it's because I've always had a love for this stuff. I mentioned earlier that my grandfather owned a liquor store in Rome. Well, in Italy, spirits aren't about, you know, drinking as much as you can, you know, and getting yeah. hammered. Uh, it's about sharing something around the table. And so, um, you know, and I also worked in the wine industry uh, when I first moved to Washington, uh, and I think it's the same there. But it's just something that I can share with people. Yeah. And I love doing that, and so now I'm sort of on a grand scale. Uh, like at the event the other day, it's my favorite part is is uh, taking something I made and, and letting people try it and then uh, seeing the look on their face when they really like it. I absolutely love that. I have a picture here that uh, we were very privileged to be able to see, your chemistry in motion. Uh, I actually posted a little video of it bubbling and stuff. I, d I don't know if I have it here or not, but it was so, it really kind of brought into me. This was the limoncello, correct? That's correct. That was going. The proofing um, process. The proofing. And it, it it was amazing to see, you know, it's boiling, but it's dropping. Drop, drop, just yep. adding slowly. And to see it being created as we're sitting there talking for like 10 or 15 minutes and everybody got to see this process, which apparently you most of us don't get to see yeah it, it's you know it's funny it's actually one of the great things about the people who get to go on the tours is you know typically especially in the small distilleries we're always working and so it's not uncommon for people to come in and see some part of the process that day you happen to see the proofing process which is more unusual but to see Loved you it. know to see the still working or to you know to see some filtration going on or something like that you know, you get on one of these tours, and it's likely that you're going to get to see something like that. Nice. Very so, personal. So what's your production like? I mean, uh, right now, so we just we just opened in January, and we just released the Limoncello in March. So we're really starting to ramp up production. Um, it, it, I'm not even sure that I could give you a count, um, but uh, I know that especially with the Limoncello right now, uh, we're selling it almost as fast as we can make it, and so our next step is to make more. So is it only available at your distillery? It is available, of course, at the distillery. And I mentioned before, we're open noon to six Saturdays and Sundays. I'm almost always there. I love to show people around. Um, but in addition to that, we're in uh, five liquor stores in the Seattle area. Nice. Uh, we're also now in the uh, Total Wine here in Bellevue. Mm -hmm. uh, we're the Total Wine down South Center in Tukwila. Mm -hmm. And then we'll be in uh, three or four more Total Wines around the state soon. Uh, and then uh, just continuing to get product out. The, the best way to find out where we are is I, I keep an, an always updated page on uh, the website, uh, shameless plug, letterpressdistilling.com. But it not really a shameless plug. Like we want to know where to not find shameful you. Shameful plug. Yeah. Shameful. Uh, say, so say it slower. <laughs> letterpressdistilling.com. Fantastic. And uh, if you go there and up in the upper right-hand corner, there's a button that says find our products, a little flag, and that page will tell you where we are. And I haven't added those two total wines yet because we just stocked them uh, over the weekend. But uh, I'll be adding those probably this evening. I just realized I had not liked your page, so now I've officially <laughs> liked your page. Do you have a Facebook page that we can go on and of like, course, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, and we do, <laughs> and do I just did it. Uh, and uh, the Twitter handle is at uh, LP underscore distilling. Uh, yeah, and I keep pretty active on both of those, letting people know both uh, where they can find the products and, and then just being me. Just being you. I love that. Letterpress distillery. Distilling. Distilling. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing with us. We are have totally enjoyed this, and um, I look forward to doing some fun things at the end of the future. Thank you. 
Okay. I'm going to like the page right now. Done and done. <laughs> done. Done. <laughs> la, 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 la. Okay. okay we, we had way too much fun talking about spirits and wine. Well, we haven't even done wine, but, you know, we'll finish with wine. Um, <laughs> More alcohol. Great. We can only, we can only do so much at, Thanks, at, at a time. <laughs> there are perks to being in this business. <laughs> oh, I have to yeah, tell you. Gambling op- all the time, right? Opening every show with a, typically with a glass of wine or some kind of spirit. Talk about just like, uh, ooh, you know. It is fun, but it, it just goes to show how much of a social aspect it has become. I mean, you can bring you bring out a, a special bottle or you, particularly like something that's local and you put it out on a table and all of a sudden everybody from 21 to 91 has something in common. They want to taste it. And the other cool thing about it is they're going to have they're going to have some kind of input. They're going to pick up on the note of the honey or they're going to pick up on the, you know, what's making it lemon and so everybody will be able to be a part of a uh, of the context of the dialogue of what's going on because it's it's these are your everyday senses. It's not about opinions um, where you have to be political or correct or anything. This is about an emotion and about um, a, ta- a tactoral feel. I just I think it's fantastic. My mother made vodka when I was a teenager. For, Ooh. for a big July event thing she had. She brought all of her friends over, but she made it in the basement of the house. My husband and oh I made God. raisin wine, or raisin brandy or something. We made a couple of different things, and then he had one of them explode in the <laughs> bedroom, so we never got yeah. to drink that. Potato, potato vodka. Like oh, the, my gosh. Yeah. It's it, was fun. Crazy. it is fun to make stuff. It and is. I, I encourage people, even though I make it commercially, I encourage people to make limoncello at home. You can do it with commercially purchased vodka. Yep. Lots of recipes out there. I'm even happy to talk to people about how to do it. Nice. I I made um, where were you forty years? What ago? was it? Uh, liqueurs. I made blackberry liqueur because we picked fresh blackberries. I did a raspberry and <laughs> then I completely cheated and took all the juice out of the uh, the cherries, you know, in the jar for maraschino cherries. I took all that juice and and distilled it with vodka. And I still have some of that, and that stuff pours over ice cream fantastically. So it's like cherry vodka. Oh yeah, that it's wow. and it's high in proof too. Nice. It's like oh, whoa. Yeah. I think my mother actually made moonshine. Yeah, it was pretty vodka. much <laughs> pretty much moonshine. <laughs> they were all, yeah, they didn't drive home that night out. They were all Her sleeping friend. on. Yeah, they were yeah, sleeping yeah, underneath yeah, the stars. Yeah, it was crazy. That was craft, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, total craft. That's the yeah. definition of yeah. craft. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay, let's hit our subject. We've had a lot of fun. We're, we don't have a whole lot of time, which is fantastic. I actually like it better when we don't have a whole lot of time for <laughs> crazy stuff. Um, our topic is image and as defined, the general impression that a person, organization, or products present to the public. So my first question is, do you know what your image is? Uh, I don't think many of us, if, if you're not out in the public, I don't think many of us think about what our image perception is. We just kind of go through life and and we're not cognizant of it, so it, we just get thrown into an image or thrown into a thought process. Like, for instance, if you're a mom, the image is, okay, you're a soccer mom or you're an east side mom. Uh, one of the things that I like to tell people is be aware. You know, you define what your image is. Don't let your circumstances, don't let what's going on around you define what your image is. Take control and, and be aware and do that yourself. Phil's looking at me. I didn't know if you had something to say. Mr. Skip, you tell us. Yes. <laughs> Craig. Image, I think uh, you always need to be putting your uh, right foot forward and, uh, you know, 
leave the doing rest what's behind. right, um, obviously, because you are being looked at, especially if you are driving a bus around with your logos all over. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's indeed. That's yes, very indeed. true. Okay, so here's one for you. Um, how do you create one for yourself? How do you create an image for yourself? Well, how would you, I mean, when you were putting together Dual Fisher, what way, what was going through your brain when you, when you were thinking about how you wanted to be perceived, or, or did you did you have a thought process of how you wanted to be perceived, or did you just kind of build it through interactions with people? Well, I would say I built it through the interactions I had with the people, because I worked in retail for years. Yeah. So so I had to always be nice to the customer. Whether, whether you wanted to smack them or not. Exactly, you know, and and we had to dress a little bit better because we were in retail and had to put our best face forward, mm-hmm. right foot forward. So so it was the interactions when I went out into the public with my magazine 20 years ago that that you know, I always had a smile on my face. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that, that, you know, if I had the issues that were troubling me all day, put them in a bag, leave them outside the door. Walk in, smile. Put your right foot forward right. and, and, right. Le- and right. leave the, the rest behind. Right. You know, <laughs> Left that's, the rest you know, behind. That's, that's not, that's personal. That's yeah. not something that I want to give to the public. So. That's a good point. You control your image. I, I I do want to control my image, yes. What about you, Skip? Well, I think it goes back to uh, exactly what we talked about earlier when you mentioned about being yourself. Of course, you want to, um, you know, uh, enhance that through how you're, you're shown publicly, but if your public image is not um, authentic, then it's not going to work. Yeah, it's just going to look like a People figure clown. that out really quick. Really quick. That when... Yeah, when you're BSing them. Oh, we've know. dealt with a they lot know. of that in the Seattle oh. scene. Oh, my word. Well, you know. And every scene. And it's never changed. It's There's always going to be somebody. Time, yeah, people. they come through. Yeah. They cycle changed. through like what? a like a tornado. Yes, they do. <laughs> and you, Mr. Craig. <laughs> Craig has something Mr. to say. Mr. Sidekick Craig. I, I think image is uh, a, a couple of things. Um, obviously, uh, authentic, like Skip said, going back to what we all talked about earlier. I think 110% customer service, uh, no matter what you're doing. Um, and going back to what Dual said, is uh, dropping it at the front door. I mean, that's one of our uh, perspectives we have with our bartending company on people that we hire. Um, is if you can't drop what's been going on that day, it's going to affect how you're going to get paid, and that's that's your tip. I mean, you know, yeah. that's that's how you're getting paid that night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's the same thing with our tour. I mean, you know, we have to put that face on. People want to have a good experience. They're paying and, for it. They and expect And they're paying it. for it. Right. And, you know, I think our biggest key, and it says right in our tagline on, our, on the front of our website, is we're giving you guys an experience. Like, we want to make sure that you have an experience. So 110% customer service is definitely something that, even if you're not in the customer service industry, people want to see. Treat that. it like that. Yep. No, I agree. And, and that's how I teach my photographers out of Team Photogenic and say, you know, you're their first face they're going to see. Smile. Be welcoming. Well, you're if you smile, the they're going to smile. Of the event. Yeah. If you smile at them, they'll notice you. If you just yeah. stand there hoping they'll see you when you're going... I hope to come and get a picture. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, you're yeah. going to scare no, me no, if you no, do that. No, no, going to happen. That's why I'm always there with a big smile on my face when everybody walks in the door. That's what they think. Have fun and don't Have fake fun. it. 
right? It's easy to have fun. It really is. Okay, so here's one. How do you fix a poor or bad image? I, I like what you were saying <laughs> earlier. First off, be genuine. Um, if your image is poor or bad because you made mistakes, then be prepared to do whatever it takes to fix those mistakes. Um, I think that if you if you need to correct an image issue, then you need to be very public about it, and you need to be very persistent with it, and let people see that hey, you know, we're human beings. We all make mistakes. I mean, we make mistakes all day long, every day, from crashing our cars to mouthing off when we shouldn't. I mean, we are human beings. We make mistakes. I've never crashed a car. Oh well, that's good. <laughs> Where's the wood? Where's the wood? My car for me, but start knocking on some wood. Yeah. Um. So for me, that's that's I I like the whole you know again. I think you need to be genuine in your approach. Anybody else with any tips on how to fix that? uh, You'll see this when uh, say a public figure says something that maybe they shouldn't have. Faux pas. uh, A faux pas. Uh, And uh, the people who get the best reception are the people who make a genuine and uh, full-hearted apology. And it's not the I'm sorry if anyone was offended apology. It is the I'm sorry, I made period. this mistake. Yeah. And now, you know, I'm sorry for it, and then people will forgive you. And it's the same thing with anything when it comes to public perception or anything like that. Just face it and be done with it uh, rather than trying to work your way around it. I like that. I agree. Totally. I, I think of Lance Armstrong, unfortunately. I think there's another thing that kind of goes with that is um, sometimes we have to change who we're associated with. Oh, thank you. That is such a great tip is that you are who you hang around. And your image, you can have a great image, but if you're hanging around a bunch of not-so-great people, you will be associated with them. That is fantastic. I love that. Have an example. <laughs> we do. Stern on you I now, say Craig. we do. <laughs> well, we all have example of being friends with the wrong people. Yes. And getting ourselves. I mean, into I, I I can give you an example. I mean, I, myself. I mean, I've come back to um, Washington trying to you know put my mole back in. We start a new business, and I've started to change some of the people that I've hung out with because a lot of my friends and people that work for me. Um, were people I was close with and I'd go hang out with, I'd work with, and I'm really trying to put business as business and friends as friends. So That's awesome. What Love do you that. do about family, though? <laughs> when you have the wrong family that... Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you just, you... Deep, you just <laughs> stepped into what is that, that sand that sucks you into the ground that and you never... Sand? Yes, thank you. That's well, family, family, you got to love them at the end of the day. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I, but, think, I think with family, you just... Um, just with, as with your private life, you close the door. You close the front door. I think with family matters and, and family interactions, sometimes you have to close that door too. I'm, I'm thinking Billy Carter, <laughs> Jimmy Carter, President Jimmy Carter's brother, <laughs> who had a habit of drinking too much beer and then well, know, they, they just leaving become, himself in public places. They, they just become the example of what not to do. Unfortunately, <laughs> you can't fix stupid. I'm just saying, you can't fix stupid. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Gotta love comedians. They come up with the best taglines ever. <laughs> yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. Well, Girly Girl Wines, a woman's wine company designed to serve women who are young at heart and enjoy their girly girl time in their daily life. Girly Girl Wines also donate a part of its proceeds to help 
all kinds of different cancer research. Check them out at www.girlygirlwines.com. Well, it has been an absolute blast visiting with you guys, and it's been so much fun to have a change, being able to taste spirits. We, we do a lot of wine, which we totally enjoy and, um, I don't know, adore. Uh, we're going to be finishing tonight's show with a glass of the Canada Soul, the Merlot. I'll go ahead and pass it around so everybody can take a uh, sip, a sniff, well, a sniff, a swirl, and a sip. Um, we were at Canada Soul last week and got a chance to taste their wines, and they are fantastic in the heart of Woodenville, right there next to Apex across from Purple. Delicious. Delicious, delicious, delicious awesome delicious. wines. So fun way to, here's to everybody. Thank you for being a part of the show today. Cheers. Thank you for having us, Elfie. Local Craft Tours and Letter Press. With our show now national, we have started putting all of our local events on Facebook pages. Um, be sure to check them out for our social events in the area at LB Duchess and Socially Savvy. I know that Dual Fisher also does some um, promoting of events as well. <laughs> we want to thank our swag bag sponsors tonight, Bellevue Nordstrom Cosmetics, The Art of Shaving, Girly Girl Wines, uh, Sweet Lounge, Canon de Soul, and Chocolate Shop. As well as our regular sponsors, Gunnar Nordstrom Gallery, Advanced Skin and Body Solutions, Local Craft Tours, and Letter Press. We want to make sure that uh, you subscribe to our show so that you can be kept in the loop of all of the different um, topics that we're covering. We do different contests every month, so be sure to subscribe and you'll be entered into drawings. We take the list of subscribers and enter them into drawings for things like the local craft tours that we're going to be giving out this month. Uh, we are on iTunes, so make sure that all your social events are better because you were there and everybody have a socially savvy we week. We should do a call-in contest. We should. Yeah. <laughs>